Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Sports Day. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Big warm welcome to everyone to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Bit of a frog in my throat. On Cruise 13.23. And you'll hear Sports Day SA every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Bonza. And tonight joining me, it's the King of Swing, Chad Sayers from the Redbacks. Well, former Redbacks now. Now you're just... Getting up. Uh, Bonds, so uh, former, but not nah, happy to be with you again. You're still a redback, I guess. You're not. You're not a former. You were always a redback, eh? Hey? A supporter now. A supporter. There you go. <laughs> Big show, Chad. Uh, tonight we have. Uh, we'll have a look at the Strikers and Stars game last night. Uh, we'll talk about their upcoming game against the Heat as well. Got our Friday forecast later in the show. Alan Obbs, who was the physio at the Redbacks, he's now the physio for Victoria as a ranker. Great story. Really looking forward to that. I know you know him very well. And Brett Phillips will be on talking about the Aussie Open as well. So a massive show, but we are just keeping the chairs warm, aren't we? We are. David Wildey and Malcolm Blight will be here come the footy season. A couple of weeks before the footy season, they will start and take you through the winter. And um, Malcolm Blight, he just just thinks differently to everyone else, doesn't he? (laughs) He thinks outside the square, doesn't he, Blighty? But that's why we love him. And Wildey keeps him in line. So it's it's a great show and we look forward to having them back. All right, time to get on to the hot topic. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre, you can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Tonight's hot topic is the strikers, and we'll look at... uh, I don't really want to do this, but we'll look at the loss last night. They had a bit of a hiccup last night, didn't they? Matt Short started brilliantly, took 20 off the first over, and then we could only manage another 88 runs. Yeah, coming off um, 202 games in a row at the Adelaide Oval, Bonds, and they went in the MCG against the Stars side who haven't been playing very well, and the dimensions at the MCG are a lot different at Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval, short square, MCG, big square. So I think that had a little bit to play uh, in the strikers game last night. guys caught on the boundary. That's right. Um, you really have to hit in the middle of the bat to hit sixes square at the MCG. But, yeah, it was a disappointing loss for the strikers. I sat down, like you said, watched the first over, and Matt Short, he couldn't do anything wrong like most of the tournament. But once he lost his wicket, Chris Lynn followed playing a shot he probably didn't have to, and um, there was no looking back. But Harry Nilsson probably got him a little bit of a respectable total to bowl to, but... Yeah, he top scored with 40 off 33 deliveries. But even early, he struggled to find the middle of the bat. They they just had a night off. Maybe the pace of the wicket was a bit too paced and a bit up and down. Uh, Liam Hatcher was good for the Stars. Two for 18 off his four overs. He was named man of the match. Um, but uh, Stars just lost one wicket in the run chase. Tom Rogers, 51, not out. Yeah, I was very impressed with Liam Hatcher. Um, all tournament, really. He's probably been one of their shining lights for the Melbourne Stars. He's run in, he's tried his guts out, hit the wicker hard, bowl with some pace. So that's great to see. But as you said, the 
Joe Clark and Tom Rogers went out there for the Melbourne Stars and from ball one found the boundary, which the strikers couldn't do at all. It was like they're batting on a different wicket. Good news, though, for the strikers. They do stay in third place. So they don't drop down the ladder, but they're now equal with the Thunder and the Renegades. If they'd won that game, they would have got a game clear, which would have been handy. But it's not the end of the world, is it? No, it's not. They get a chance to rectify that on Saturday against the Brisbane Hoodoo, who are bottom of the table. So you think the strikers will bounce back. Um, Heat haven't won a game for a while. So um, definitely a winnable game for the strikers to put them back in, couple in third of, spot. A couple of reasonable players have been named in the squad for Saturday, which is here at 3.30 um, at the Adelaide Oval. Alex Carey, I uh, hear he's a bit of a keeper um, and can bat a bit. And Travis Head, I'm tongue in my cheek, obviously, but these two stars come back into the lineup. Massive ins, aren't they? Their batting lineup's been going pretty well without them. So to to chuck them back in with the likes of Matt Short, the way he's going, Chris Lynn, Adam Hose as well, top five is looking really, really good. So um, as I said, the strikers are playing the heat. The heat aren't going very well. So I think it'll be a dominant performance for the strikers on Saturday. Let's have a listen to what Alex Carey had to say in regards to last night's loss and the rest of the season. I guess, yeah, T20 cricket's uh, one of those games where if you're slightly off, um, any team can win, and the Stars have now got on a bit of a roll. So um, Trav and I are really keen to, to hopefully help the team um, have a strong performance tomorrow night. We know finals aren't too far away. We're sitting in a decent position with 10 points, but, um, yeah, we probably need to win at least two out of these next four, probably three, so... Um, yeah, we're keen to get back out there and, and hopefully put on a good performance. Does Kez come in and open? Yeah, I think that's where he's batted for most of his career at the Strikers, isn't it? So he, he's a free-flowing player, as we know. He finds a, finds a boundary easily, and he'll make use of those four overs up front, that's for sure. So it'll be, obviously, him or Travis Head who are going to open. We'll find out on Cause, Saturday. Because Travis opened before for the Strikers as well. He has, and that wouldn't be a, a bad situation either if he went out to open we know what form he's in his game doesn't change whether he's batting one or or six so um it'll be fireworks that's for sure Alex Carey gave nothing away in the interview either uh haven't spoken about it actually this one we have been yeah um obviously the top order's flying you got Linney at threes yeah playing unbelievable I think it's his last game short is um smashing him up the top so um might have a little bat off in the nets to see who opens Again, yeah, just they know. Surely they know, don't they? Hundred percent, they know. He's just playing up there for the cameras, is uh, Alex. But as he said, Christine's got one more game, so I'm sure he'll bat three again. And then when he goes, Travis Head will just move up to three. Adam Hose at four. Great to have those two back in the strikers lineup. And once again, they play tomorrow at three thirty at the Adelaide Oval. So if you're not doing anything, get along. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise thirteen twenty three. Paul Bonzer and Chad Sayers with you. Now, Chad, um, Cricket Australia have decided that they will not send their men's team for a three-game ODI tourney against Afghanistan um, due to, I guess, human rights issues that uh, that country has at the moment. Rashid Khan came out and said he's disappointed. Is that fair enough? 100% that's that's, uh, fair enough, Bonds. He's obviously – he respects – playing in the Big Bash and, and loves doing that. He's done a lot for Cricket Australia while he's been here, but he obviously feels, um, I guess, that they've gone against his um, his team's 
want to play in the national. Well, they, they just want to play as, mo- as much cricket as they, they can to get better. They want to play for their country, as do yes. the Australians. So um, to be have that right taken away from him, um, he's obviously disappointed. What he said is probably a bit of heat of the moment stuff, but um, hopefully they can get across to the ICC and Cricket Australia. But I know it's the right, probably the right thing to do from Cricket Australia's point of view with the women's rights um, from the Taliban at the moment. I know they're not allowed to do... A lot of things over there it's in not, their country, right. which is disappointing, but there's no women's cricket at the moment. And if they take away their, their men's rights to play cricket, then the women can't even watch their men play, which um, probably puts a little bit of a smile on their face, to be honest. So um, hopefully one day in the near future that Cricket it's Australia can play Afghanistan in, in a tournament. Travis Head had uh, a little bit to say on rashes. The questions in depth are probably more for Cricket Australia in terms of the reasoning behind it and whatnot. So massively into it. In terms of Rash, he's a teammate as well. So I sort of sit 50-50 and you've got to support Sia's decision. Also, Rash, from a, from a striker perspective, I know how much he loves Adelaide. I know if that decision where would come to a head, um, it's a very difficult one for him. Um, but again, he's a beautiful man. Um, he's done amazing things in Adelaide and we, me personally, I support him 100% in the decision he made if it was sort of big bash. Yeah, and Alex Carey had his say as well. Let's have a listen to what Kez said. Oh, yeah, as a friend of his, um, you never like to, to see comments like that. He's the best player I've ever played with and the best player that's ever played in this, these colours. So, yeah, hopefully we, we don't see the end of Rash. As Travis said, as a mate, you support his decision, whichever way he will go. All we can do is support him to, to get him back here in the blue and TA's decision. We, we obviously listen and, and take lots of advice and the key stakeholders there making the big calls. Yeah, it's one of those things. Hopefully we, we don't have to come to this in you know, years to come. We can um, include everyone and, and play cricket, you know, men and women. And yeah, that decision's made from CA. But hopefully for Rash, he's, um, he's back out there next year. It's been a big talking point today. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Cricket Australia have made the right decision. Uh, but it's really tough on the actual players themselves. The thing I get disappointed about, I guess, Bonds is Cricket Australia picking and choosing what tournaments they can and, and they're going to and not going to play in. Um, the ICC have obviously agreed to to this tournament to go ahead. So um, they they also they played Afghanistan in the World Cup, didn't they? So there was no shying away from that and no giving them the points in that aspect. So. I understand, but it's disappointing that you're picking and choosing when you're going to play. You can stream every NFL game live this season with NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Brett Phillips is coming up on the show. Talk about the Aussie Open. But, Chad, uh, Sydney Thunder, after two overs, are five for two. Not again. It's happening again, Bonds. Five for two. Oh, my God. That is it's a train wreck. <laughs> after the break, Brett Phillips. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. Paul Bonds are with you. Alongside me, the King of Swing, Chad Sayers. And, uh, Chad, before the break, um, we had some technical issues on the screen I was reading, and it said five for two, the Sydney Thunder, where they're actually two for five. They've now moved on to two for 19. Dave Warner's still there. That's a bit better reading than Bonds. So all the Sydney Thunder fans that uh, live in Adelaide, sorry about that, but just a little 
A little hiccup. Um, uh, it is time, though, to speak to the man of tennis. And uh, he's brought to us by the um, Toolkit Depot. Everything you need to get the job done, shop in store or online. And it's a great man, Brett Phillips. I need somebody help, not just anybody help. You know I need someone Brett, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. How are you going in Melbourne? <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, going beautifully, Chad. No, good to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, there's tennis tennis going on everywhere. Uh, eyes at the back of my head at the moment. So <laughs> You love this yeah, time of year, don't to, you? Uh, yeah, no, I do. I've been doing it a long time, I suppose. So uh, January is uh, it's just crazy. But uh, it's tennis's window in this country and... Yeah, we haven't even started the Australian Open yet, but we've played a lot of tennis. We effectively started on the 29th of December with the United Cup. We didn't even tick into 2023, but no, the tennis has been good. It's been good in your neck of the woods there in Adelaide. We're still going. Um, Hopefully, uh, Fanasi's in for another big night that he can uh, pump up the crowd at the drive and and look to maybe go back-to-back. He's as good a chance as any uh, of the players uh, left in this tournament. Rafa Nadal is named number one seed for the Aussie Open. Should he be favourite? Well, he's going to take on a Brit who's actually playing live at the moment uh, in, in Adelaide. Uh, he's on centre court at the moment, Jack Draper. Now, this guy is uh, built like a brick shelter shed. He is a big boy. He uh, serves big. He's got that wings, uh, wingspan when he comes into the net. He's from a, a London borough called Sutton. Uh, they're most famous, I think, for uh, producing the Rolling Stones. And they've got a team in the fifth uh, division of Premier, you know, the, the fifth tier of football over in the UK. So maybe Jack Draper, if he keeps rising, might be the biggest thing to come out of Sutton. Now, it's not the easiest draw for Nadal. This guy can play. I mean, he's jumped about 200 spots in the rankings in the last 12 months, and he just sends thunderbolts down. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, you know, it'd be a little bit of nervousness in the Nadal camp. He didn't have a great United Cup, and he's brought his family. He's a, you know, he's a young dad now. Uh, his, his wife, who never really travelled, is out here. It's a different environment around him, but he's had. He's had a really solid week of practice. I mean, the champions like to get to Melbourne and settle in for a week before the action starts. Um, but, you know, the first two rounds could be really tricky for Nadal if he's not on. But, you know, every time we write him off, Paul, he just finds a way to, uh, you know, just silence us and let us know that those weary old legs and knees and every other aches and pains that he's got is uh, ready for more battles. And we loved having Novak uh, over here last week, Brett. Um, he's going for his 10th Aussie Open titled. Can he do it? And I'm, I'm sick of seeing him and Nadal just fight out for the titles. Is, is that a bad thing for the sport? And um, who's got to challenge him? Well, I've, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I love history. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, this is an era that will probably never be repeated. So, you know, the Federer and Nadal-Djokovic uh, rivalry and, you know, 20-plus titles for the three of them, it is quite astonishing. So I think we sort of we cherish that. Uh, maybe we'll debate in 20-odd years who was the absolute greatest of all time. And then I think from this point on, you know, they're still going to be contending, but the young bucks are ready, there's no doubt. And then they'll take over and develop their own era and then another era will develop after that. So I think it's been, you know, great for the sport globally. I mean, the, the global reach that these guys have got is phenomenal. I mean, Djokovic... He's just uh, going out to have... Can you believe... So <laughs> he and Kyrgios are playing in this match tonight, which Channel 9 are broadcasting live. It's a practice match. <laughs> I was going to ask about that game. 
Well, they're sold out all of Rod Laver. <laughs> I think it's 20 bucks a pop. And, and we'll see how Novak's hamstring look. That's the only issue. Now, in Adelaide last week, he got a little bit of hamstring tightness. Uh, he managed to play out and win the title. He pulled out of a practice match against Medvedev this week when he just felt a little twinge. He's practiced today. We've, we've seen some vision. He looks okay. Uh, but it's a little watch at the moment because it's rare for Novak to actually carry an injury into a Grand Slam. He normally gets something about halfway through. But, look, if he's right, he's just he is going to take some beating. There's no doubt. I mean, he's, to me, still you know, effectively the world number one. Nick Kyrgios, the 19th seed, he plays uh, Roman Safflin, the 98th yep. ranked player in the world. How do you think Nick's going to go in the tournament? Yeah, well, there's always the unknown, isn't there? I mean, we haven't seen him yet. We get a little glimpse of him tonight because he missed the United Cup. Um, he pulled the pin on singles uh, you know, much earlier than a lot of the other players who tend to play until you know later in October. So it's been a little while between real... Uh, real singles competitive matches. He played a few exhibitions, as the players tend to do uh, in December. Uh, but look, anything can happen. I mean, he, he does look like he's got the game face on, and no doubt he'd be feeling some pressure. But Safulan, yes, he should get past either a, a Gasquet, who's made the final in Auckland tomorrow, or uh, Uga Humbe. You know, he should be able to get past there. The big test might come with this young kid from Denmark, who's an absolute star in Holger Runo, who's already made. You know, the top 10 as a 19-year-old at the back end of last year, and this kid uh, has got a ferocious appetite to compete. He wants to be the world number one uh, one day, and he was the world number one junior. So, yeah, we'll just take it one game at a time. They'll probably put him out on John Kane Arena, where the crowd etiquette just goes right out the window, and we'll see what happens uh, next week. He's scheduled to play Tuesday, so there's a couple more days to make sure he's uh, cherry ripe, ready to go. Now, is there any confidence we'll see any of our Aussies in the men's or women's in the second week? Well, he's probably, you know, in all, in all, being realistic, I mean, he's probably the only one. Demonor is the one that, that could, and, and hasn't got a bad draw up until a possible <laughs> round four with Novak. Uh, the first three rounds look comfortable for Demonor, but look, he's raising his own expectations, and you know, I, I actually wish more people would, um, you know, get behind Alex Demonor because everyone talks about Kyrgios and, you know, he effectively has been our most consistent player for three or four years now. He, he's not built big, as we know, but he's a road runner. He competes like nothing else. You know, all those guys who are about his age or thereabouts, they're just a bit bigger, a bit stronger. He needs a little Steve Bradbury uh, window or, you know, for the draw to sort of open up and, and maybe have a chance to win a slam, but he won't uh, He won't die wondering, that's for sure. And, you know, he's the other one along with Kyrgios that, you know, could cause a bit of damage. Brett, uh, we appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, we know you're very busy around this time and hopefully we can catch up with you next week as well and give us a bit of an update. Yeah, pleasure. No, great to chat, guys. Anytime. Brett Phillips joining us from the Australian Open kicks off on Monday. Uh, he is the guru when it comes to tennis in this country. He is, and um, I'm excited to turn the TV on most mornings, Bonds, and watch our Aussies go well. Speaking of gurus, we've got uh, a physiotherapist who was your guru. He's I'm looking kept forward you on, to this one, Bonds. Field. Alan Obst will join us. He is the physio for Victoria Azarenka. We've got our Friday forecast, and you can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 154 Alan Ob's story. You've just got to stick around for this. It is absolutely 
just a fantastic story. A South Australian doing th- big things around the world on the world tennis circuit. So don't forget, text in 0427-154-166. Friday forecast and Aladobs after this. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. Paul Bonza and Chad Sayers with you. And Chad, we've been thinking about this long and hard. We have. And it's time for the Friday forecast. Now, as you took a couple more shield wickets than me, uh, you can go first. What what is your – because I took zero. Uh, What's your sure thing? Since we just spoke to Brett Phillips, I thought I'd use an Aussie Open, the theme for my sure thing. And as I mentioned, Djokovic or Nadal always winning the title. So my sure thing is one of those will win the Australian Open. Okay. It's a – yeah. Pretty good, pretty good bet. My short sure thing is that the Adelaide Strikers will bounce back tomorrow and beat the Heat. I think it's an easy one too. Pretty short sure thing. You know where the Heat are, don't you, Bonds? Yeah. Bottom. Yeah, Melbourne Stars were bottom before last night too. Um, <laughs> what's your most at stake, Chad Sayers? My most at stake is the Adelaide 36ers, Bonds. Um, I know the, uh, the ladder is quite tight, but they're sitting second bottom at the moment, so it's not a good look, and they play the Perth... Wildcats away, so... Tomorrow, yes. It's a tough game, and they've got a couple of away games coming up as well, so um, most at stake is them. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on this. I had that exactly same thing, except I, I think they just have to perform better. They don't have to win. It would be great if they do tomorrow night, but they can't play like they did against the Jack Jumpers. Nah, they got... Uh, they, can't let them, they can't let Perth score 100 points. They got taught a lesson over in Tassie, didn't they? So that was disappointing, but... Yeah, they need a win just to stay in, in close contact with those top sides. What is your doomsday scenario? I just haven't liked the way all this uh, Cricket Australia pulling out has come across to me. I, as we talked about earlier, it's probably the right thing to do, but pulling out of tournaments and series isn't great. So um, I'd like to see more of the lower-ranked nations playing against the top-ranked nations. Question without notice. Do you think this could be the start of a worldwide ban against South African, uh, sorry, Afghanistan cricket? I think the ICC definitely have to do something. Um, as I said, it's probably a bad look for Cricket Australia from pulling out. So even though that the morals are probably correct, um, so it's over the ICC now. And as I said earlier, that they're in the competition, so they've obviously agreed for them to play, and Australia have pulled out. My doomsday scenario is that Nick Kyrgios gets knocked out in the first round. Bond. Now, that's doomsday not only for all of Australia who love to watch him play. There's a lot of Australians who would love to see him knocked <laughs> out in the first round as well. But for uh, ticket sales for the Aussie Open, for TV ratings. Uh, 100%. That is a uh, big doomsday for Australian tennis yeah. supporters. Um, I love watching him play. I don't like all of the theatrics all the time, but... 
Um, he's got some talent, doesn't he? He does. You're listening to Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. One of the great intros to any song ever, that. Uh, Adelaide United take on the Melbourne victory tomorrow night, Chad. Uh, 7.15. Uh, football is here with a $40 family pass available to the Izuzu Ute A-League men's matches. Uh, T's and C's apply. Um, this is a massive game. Like, they, I don't really want to mention it again, but um, United had a 4-0 loss last week, Central Coast, but we'll just gloss over that. Melbourne victory, mass, they'll have a massive crowd and they just got to get the win against Melbourne, don't they? Well, that, everyone wants to beat their main rivals and South Australia versus Victoria Bonds. We know how that rival goes and what what's happened in the past is it's probably more – more wood to the fire, really. So um, they'll be looking to bounce back, Adelaide and United. We know how well they do play at home. As you said, the crowd gets behind them. So I'm sure they can bounce back. They're just staying in intact with the, with the top few sides at the moment and the ladder as well. So um, if they can get this win and, and stay in contact with them, then we're looking forward to the finals, that's for sure. Go, you Reds. Get down the there Reds. and support the Reds. A uh, couple of other sporting news. Um, and don't forget, we've got... Alan Ops coming up uh, very shortly as well. Um, we caught up with him earlier, so we'll play that shortly. Collingwood are going to announce, they haven't announced it officially, but it got leaked today that uh, Craig Kelly will become their new CEO and a longtime player agent and now a businessman. Good move for the Collingwood Footy Club, you think? I think so. I think he's shown how successful he's been with his management and his businesses. So um, to get him on board is, is a good move for Collingwood. I saw something else uh, while we're talking AFL. I saw something else on uh, social media today. It went through the number of AFL premierships since the year 2000, so the last 22 years. Let me talk you through this. There are two teams that have won four premierships, Geelong and Hawthorne, four apiece. Brisbane and Richmond, three apiece. Sydney and West Coast have won two each. And singles to Collingwood, Essendon, Melbourne, Bulldogs and... Your team. Power. Port, yeah, yeah, Port Adelaide. These are the teams that have not won a premiership since 2000. The Adelaide Crows, the Carlton Blues, Frio, Suns, Giants, North, Saints. My question for you, Chad Sayers, is who out of the teams that haven't won a flag since 2000 is going to be the first one to win a flag? Crows, Blues, Frio, Suns, Giants, North, Saints. I think, I think Carlton... Definitely are the, the probably next out of those sides you mentioned, Bonds. I think you got the likes of Cripps, Chera, Kerno, and McKay. That's just four players, and they're, they're tier A players for them as well. And we saw how well they played um, for parts during the season just gone. So they should have made the finals um, in 2022, just missed out because of a couple of lapses in, in the last few rounds. But I like the way they play. They play free-flowing footy and – uh, exciting footy as well. And they've got blokes up there who can kick goals. So that's a big tick for me. I think Frio pretty close, um, but Carlton. I think they're really hard to win, oh. which we all know that. Stupid 100%. comment. Not many people playing. I'm going to throw this, going to throw this at left field at you. Out of all those teams, none. one team has a coach that's won four and that's Alistair Clarkson. Could Alex, as Alistair Clarkson 
take North Melbourne to a premiership, let's say in five years' time? Oh, potentially. We know how good a coach he is, don't we? we he took Hawthorne all the way from probably down the bottom. He did. He had some ladder, pretty good draft so, picks yeah, and players come in. And they, they're getting that. They had a couple of good draft picks this year. Been out of the game for a couple of years. Has it changed that much since the time he coached? Will he be coaching? What's going on there? Oh, look, oh, um, oh yeah, he'll coach. Yeah, he'll coach. I, I just think that hopefully in five years' time, if that becomes a reality, I'll just – Grab this little bit of audio and I'll just play it to all my mates. Oh, I reckon you should, you should try, try and find some odds on that, Bones, because I think you'll, you'll be having a, a, Out of all those you'll be having a house on the Esplanade if, if that happens. So. so all these fans are laughing at me. Crows, Blues, Frio, Suns, Giants and Saints fans. Bad luck. Got to wait because North are going to win one under Clarko. Um, one more thing before we go to Alan Obst. Tom Brady, at the age of 45, becomes a free agent next year, more likely, more than likely. Um, and there's talk that there, there's teams that want him. Miami Dolphins are supposedly interested. The Raiders are interested. His old team, the Patriots, might be interested for one more year. Speaking about winning finals, Bonds, this bloke's done it a number of times. And if his shoulder's still in, hanging on by a thread, I think teams are going to want him, aren't they? He's so good. Age probably doesn't matter as much in that game because he goes on, throws a ball, goes off, sits down, goes back on, hits a couple more targets. So, if you've got a good defensive line, you're not going to get hit very often, are you? So, touched, are you? So you still get, they're still wear and tear, they're still training, and, yeah. and all those like things come said, into the shoulder. Factor, family, um, can he get up for another preseason? As you said, trainings, but he will on, be playing his 24th season if he goes around again next year. 24th season. That is unbelievable. Of professional uh, NFL. It is unbelievable. Can can you name another athlete who's who's involved in a contact sport that's played 24 years? How many is Travis Boke on Bonds? He'd be close, wouldn't he? 10. <laughs> 12. <laughs> Love Bokey, but... Professional. Uh, but that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Professionalism of these athletes to be able to prolong their careers is just really, really, really good. We're about to uh, play an interview we did early in the day. We caught up with one of uh, your old mates from the Sacker, Alan Obbs, who was a physio. He certainly looked after you, didn't he? He did. He's a great physio. Um, he's a great mate as well. So it was great to interview him and um, he's got some good stories. And, uh, yeah, he's now physio for Victoria as a ranker who plays on the World Tour and he's now travelling the world with her. And I don't want to give too much away she's before a, we go She's to the a pretty big thing in the – Women's uh, tournament as well. So it's not like he's just got one of the lower-ranked players. He's He's gone straight to the top. And it all came about with her playing in Adelaide last year at the Adelaide International. And all of a sudden, there's an opportunity. A door just creaks open. And he well, said, well, do I stay looking after Chad Sayers' knees? and Or do I wander off and... Tour of the world with a tennis player. Lucky for me, I already retired. Yeah, you had once, already so tried, I was out I already, <laughs> but I don't get as many phone calls from him anymore. So he forgot you. <laughs> you go, you go, climb to the top, and you forget you, you forget the little man. That's right, but that's okay. Nah, great right. uh, opportunity for him. Let's cross to our chat uh, we had earlier with Alan Obst. All right, you're listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323. Chad, we've got a very, very talented man 
about to uh, come on with us, and we're going to can't wait to chat with him. And he's all thanks to Tire Power's big holiday sale on now with 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Oh, yeah! It was like lightning. Everybody was frightening. And the music was soothing. And they all started moving. Yeah, 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 As we mentioned at the top of the show, this man played footy for Centrals for North Melbourne, but now he's a physio for one of the biggest tennis players in the world, Alan Ops. Welcome to Sports Day SA. Thanks very much, guys. Pleasure to be here. Now, before we get on to your physio work, uh, you played five games with North Melbourne. You won a premiership with the Doggies here in the Sandful. Tell us about your time at Centrals. Yeah, look, I, I look back on my sporting life and, and definitely the, the time I spent at Centrals was um, probably the highlight of, of my career, to be honest, even even over the AFL games. Um, the, the culture under Roy Laird at the time um, was was superb. And I played in one flag. Obviously, they won a fair few more than that. But, yeah, the, the life lessons I heard from the playing group and the coaching staff at that time, um, it was really instrumental. It truly was one of the one of the fondest uh, memories I have. And it's interesting you being a physio, obviously, and um, your time in the AFL was probably cut short by injuries. Um, reflect on that time. Well, I think my time in the AFL was cut short because I couldn't kick the footy very well, mate. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll say it's uh, due to injuries. But uh, no, I suppose I was always interested in, in in physio. But as soon as you go through a few injuries yourself, you you realise the importance of uh, you know good good support stuff around you. So if anything, it just really strengthened my um my my want to to be a sporting physio. Now, Chad's filled me in a little bit your how you became the physio for Victoria as a ranker. Uh, let's. Get straight to the story. Tell us how it all happened. I'll give you the short, shorter story. So I was, I was having a great time. I was, I was a senior physio at the Redbacks, and ninety-five percent of my time was um, getting through Chad's glutes because he couldn't get through a game of, uh, <laughs> couldn't get through a day, let alone a four-four day game. So, um, and I was, I was actually uh, getting married, uh, so I had a bit on my plate. And a friend of a friend has asked me to treat a female tennis player, um, and not knowing who it was. I kind of just agreed. They were next door, yeah, War Memorial Drive. I was at uh, Adelaide Oval, and as it turns out, it ended up being a reasonably big name. And I got along really well with uh, with Vika, as um, as I call her. And the short story was, she invited me to come with her to the Aussie Open. So at the time, I wasn't working in in the Big Bash. I was just for the Redbacks, so it was easy enough to take a few weeks away and. Uh, this time last year, um, yeah, the end of the shorter story is uh, we, we got along really well and um, she liked um, our working arrangement and offered me full-time employment. So, yeah, I finished off the year with the Redbacks and jumped on board and have been full-time uh, with Vika ever since. Is it true that your phone might have been buzzing um, just before you said, oh, I do, Obsty? Oh, that, that's very true, Chad. You know this. <laughs> I do know this, but the, the fans listening don't. No, no. Well, again, I, I probably skipped over that part. I did go to Melbourne uh, two days after getting married, so I must uh, I must thank my lovely wife Jamie for allowing me to do this and uh, putting up with me in the meantime, being away most of the time. And in saying that, where, where are you based at the moment, mate? And um, how's your day to day day life work? So I'm pretty well. I'm based in Florida, um, in Miami, most of the time. But obviously, you're on the road um, so much. Um, I'm probably on the tools in a weird way. Um, the less, the least I've ever been in my working career, because you're only dealing with one person, but you're dealing with that one person 
um, a lot more. Um, with, with tennis, because it's an individual sport, you, you spend a lot of time. You, you really are spending 12 hours a day with the one person and the one small team, including her coach and her strength and conditioning coach. So, um, yeah, you don't really miss too much. You, you know, you eat together. You generally sleep in the same establishment. Um, yeah, you train together, you gym together, you do your treatment, obviously. So it makes my job a lot easier in one sense. Uh, you have to ask less, less questions because you're kind of just there experiencing what she goes through on a day-to-day. And I know how you love being around a team environment. So how are you coping with that? To be fair, um, in all seriousness, that's probably the thing I, I miss. Oh, we might have lost Alan there. Are you there, Alan? We'll try and get him back uh, straight away. I'm not sure what happened there. The phone line just dropped out. Um, Sam will work hard to get him back. Um, interesting try story. Now. Try now. So, are you, is he back there? Alan, are you there? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm back. Sorry about that. Guy's not sure what happened. Oh, <laughs> <All> good brother. <laughs> That's all right. Now, I just want to ask you about your wife, Jamie. She's obviously a very understanding woman. Uh, does she travel with you or um, um, still spends time in South Australia? Yeah, and, and to be honest, Vika is very good. She she looks after me extremely well. And before I took the job, I asked the question, look, um, newly married, um, what's it going to look like? And, and Victoria said from the get-go, your wife is welcome to, to travel with us as, as much or as little as she wants. That's not an issue. So Jamie's um, she's still living in Adelaide, but she's uh, coming and going as she pleases. So she came to New York this year for the US Open. She came to, to Paris for um, the French Open and... We spent some some time through the south of south of France, so yeah, she's just kind of picking and choosing uh, when she wants to come over to the state. So yeah, she's still technically living living in Adelaide. So I really do have to thank her for yeah allowing me to to jet set while she's um doing it tough at home from uh, from time to time. I know you've uh, previously just been in Adelaide, obviously. How did Victoria go, and how's how's her preparation going into the Aussie Open? Well, the good thing is she loves Australia. I mean, she's she's really up and about at the moment because uh, it's just it's just a good vibe, and she's really tennis-wise, she's suited to the harder course. She, she hits a she hits a, a fast-paced flat ball, so she likes the surfaces here. She made the quarters in Adelaide, um, had a bit of a quieter week last week. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit biased, of course, but everything's looking looking like she's going to go quite well in the Australian Open, hopefully. Obviously, you're physio, you travel with her. Who else travels on Victoria's team? Yeah, good question. So uh, the tennis teams do vary a bit. I think Novak's obviously got, got a bigger team, um, and a lot of the players have much smaller teams. But with Victoria herself, it's myself as a physio. She's got a tennis coach, uh, Max Chutaki, and is a lovely French guy, uh, and a strength and conditioning coach, uh, Francis Bougie, who's also a lovely French guy. So, yeah, the, the four of us travel basically everywhere together. Um, and that, that's it, just, just a team of four. Now, did you give him a, a tour of Adelaide over or get to any strikers game while you're over here? Well, uh, tell you what, it was pretty tough explaining the rules uh, of, <laughs> of cricket to two French guys who literally had never heard of the sport. But to their credit, they're actually invested now. So they're, um, yeah, they're following the strikers quite closely. We went to the New Year's Eve game. Um, yeah, we've, we've actually been to three uh, strikers games uh, together now. Uh, one last year, two this year. So we... Uh, yeah, we're, we're fairly invested considering they didn't know what the sport was a year ago. How often does uh, Victoria train? Like, is it uh, – obviously, the tennis players train very hard. And, and are you required to be at every training session? 
Uh, and look, if I was ever kind of struggling or wanted some time at home, I'm, I'm sure Zeke would allow it. She's a really, um, I mean, she, she gets it. She's played tennis for a long time. She's traveled herself. But all things are going well. Um, I'm at every single tennis session, gym session. The, the way I like to explain tennis or professional tennis to, to people, because I had no idea how much tennis they actually played. Like, they really do play, train, play, train, lose, travel, play, train. It's almost like you've got a, a washing machine just with a family of 10 just on the lowest cycle that just kind of always has to churn through. Um, so they, they get very, very few actual toe, uh, full days off. Um, and the off-season is probably three, maybe four weeks um, at the end of the year. So there's, there's a lot of tennis. It's just a constant grind. So they, they do work very hard. And has your, your tennis game improved? Has Victoria got a new hitting partner? or? Mate, it's the easiest question to answer. When you start at zero, Chad, it's pretty easy to improve. <laughs> so, yes, I've improved out of sight. I'm probably a one and a half out of ten now. So, definitely improvements, but I was, I was pretty awful to start with, to be honest. The old change of direction on a, on a dicky knee post-footy career is really, uh, yeah, it's found me out a couple of times. Now, I know you spend a lot of time around the, the breakfast area in the mornings getting your nutrients in, obviously, and um, in the big tournaments, you're hanging around some pretty um, big-name players. Who, who's the uh, biggest name you, you've met, and um, do you call them a friend now? Uh, I mean, as far as people that I'd call friends, probably um, Tommy Paul and Francis Tifo, uh, and both, both well and truly in the top 30 male players. Um, I mean, it's I'd probably the biggest name would be Rafa. I've met him a number of times. Wouldn't call Rafa my, my friend, as per se, but I, I will say I haven't been starstruck too many times in my life, but when you first meet Rafa and give him a bit of a fist bump as you walk past it, it felt pretty cool. A bit like when you met me for the first time. <laughs> I mean, still, still, I just pinch myself still, mate. <laughs> I thought you were going to delete my number when I moved away. I can't believe you still got it. Are you, are you throwing around the g'day while you're overseas as often as you can? Oh, it, it's it's so funny that everyone seems to love the Australian accent, but it's just kind of you, you forget that you're the one with the accent. So I'm used to living in Australia. But you go to the states or someone, and you you speak normally, and yeah, you forget you're the one that's kind of speaking a little bit not normal. So the the team they get a fair few g'days and mates and a bit of slang from here and there. So it's pretty entertaining, mainly around French guys the whole time. What about some of the challenges for you, Alan? Um, Travelling around the world and and from tournament to tournament, what are the, some of the biggest challenges for you? I suppose, I suppose the biggest challenge is, I mean, you have a lot of downtime, and a lot of downtime. As a great example, on a on a game day, you're at a Grand Slam. You might be playing third match after eleven. You might be playing after two uh, male games, men's games. So they could be done in three sets or in five sets. So particularly with Vicky, she's always on the edge. You know, when am I going to play? You honestly could play in two hours or you could play in eight hours or more. So there's lots of sitting around. So my personality is I I like to be quite busy. I like to be very productive. So the biggest challenge for me is how I'm going to make um, use of, you know, of the downtime Uh, because I don't don't particularly like just wasting time. Uh, And obviously you've you've travelled a little bit now. So have you got a a favourite tournament you've been to? I can honestly say um, that the, the Australian Open is, is the most well-run and probably my favourite tournament. Um, and and the, the general consensus from everyone I speak to is they really love coming to Australia. The, the food is you know, really good quality. The courts are outstanding. You know, um, the, the entertainment in Australia is really, really cool. Um, 
So I, I can honestly say the Australian Open is the best run tournament and, and the one that pretty much everyone looks forward to, I'm pretty sure. Well, look, we wish you all the best in your career moving forward uh, with Vika. Are we allowed to call her Vika or is that just your nickname for her? No, no, no she prefers it, mate. Well done. Right. Definitely goes by Vika. <laughs> thanks for your time and joining us on Sports ASA. Okay, thanks, guys. Alan Obbs. Now, obviously, you know him really well through your Redbacks connection there, but he's uh, sounds like a great guy and it's a pretty good job. It sounds like he's got two, just quietly. Uh, he's a ripper of a bloke and, and good luck to him. I guess if you're a physio, that's probably one of your dream jobs, isn't it? To be able to be in a team of a professional athlete who's been at the pinnacle of, of her event and um, no, he's loving it and it's great to see. That's just about all we've got time for, Chad. It's been another big show. How was Alan? Yeah, he's very chat. impressive bloke, isn't he? And it's great to get an insight on the LZ Open as well. Uh, the uh, seven-seat Kia Sorento is a large SUV. It's been a massive week on the summer edition of Sports ASA. Don't forget, David Wildey and Malcolm Blight will be back just before the start of footy season. We'll keep uh, the chairs warm until then. And uh, have a great week, a uh, great weekend, Chad, and we'll catch you next week as well. You too, mate. Stay hydrated. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.